if you're getting into business or you're in business and you want to get into growth mode and you want to grow and you're trying to and you see anyone else you're like yeah i want to grow wrong. be prepared for this game like this cash flow game is real because if you're not spending it you're probably not going to grow because that's just the way it sort of works these days or you're not growing as fast as you could there's maybe a better way to put it but just be prepared of that challenge and get some real good help get a good accountant get a good system make sure you've got this good support around you to help you through that cash flow cash flow exercises oh man I used to have a full head of hair like it's stressful as hell like <laughs> like uh, stop yeah that was Stanley Henry the managing director of the attention seeker Aotearoa's premium personal branding agency and we are very lucky to have him on board and in today's episode we talk about how the attention seeker was developed and the journey that they've had from beginning to right now how to process business challenges whom to take business advice from and whom not to that's very important why being humble is a great trait to learn in business how to manage your energy levels if you're an introvert tips to build your own personal brand changes in the way that people consume content how to build your personal brand when creating ads you need to think about your audience's time and respect their time short form video on why you need to start and if you're not there now you need to get onto it asap and what repurpose.io is all about and how it can add value welcome to the new zealand small business and entrepreneur festival podcast this one is an absolute cracker stanley is very generous of his time and he's also one of the workshop hosts at the festival in november up in auckland where Stanley will be focused on building your own personal brand. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a listen to this one. Kia ora. Kia ora. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much for your time. I do see you a lot across my socials. Um, so I, I feel like I said before when we're off air, I feel like I already know you a little bit without actually yeah. meeting you, which is probably um, something that you try and aspire to do <laughs> in a way. Yeah, that's the game. That's that's the idea, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what I do, try to build our personal brand. I am always in um, located in the centre of the North Island, or Rotorua. Whereabouts are you currently? Uh, so I'm in Tamaki Makoto in Auckland, Greyland, um, based in the city here. And uh, yeah, we've been here now for coming up to three years. What's something you wished you'd known before you started the Attention Seeker? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was looking at this, he sent these through, and I was trying to think, like, what is something that I wish I knew? And um, one of the things that I struggle with with this question is that, like, I'm one of those guys who um, always thinks he knows everything, right? And I know that that's a flaw of mine. Like, oh, no, I knew everything. Like, that's the thing. But that that was the flaw. Like, actually, that's the thing I wish I knew that I didn't know at all. Um, mm. And that I wish at the start I asked for more help from more people. Um, mm. And I was probably too stubborn at the beginning to ask for help because I thought, oh, I know this. I've run these eight-figure hotels and all the sort of stuff that I've done in the past um, and a little bit too arrogant about it all. And um, actually, if I had have just realized that, like, there's heaps of people out there who are keen as to give you their free help, like, just not – not necessarily do work for you for free, but let's like have a coffee, have a chat, watch podcasts like this, things like that, that you can actually like, there's heaps of help when you're starting a business that you don't look for because you, you get a bit like, nah, I can do this. I'm, I'm like, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm the man. I can, I can make this happen. But actually just being a bit more humble and going, actually, there's people who have been here. Um, and, you know, that whole like standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like 
why not learn the lessons from all these other people who are awesome? And um, even like my older brothers, like, <laughs> like they, you know, they would say stuff at the beginning and they're like, ah, I'm good. I don't know it. Like I know more than you, blah, blah, blah. Just a bit arrogant. And um, now I'm like, not like that at all. Like the more I can learn, the more I can talk to people, the, the, all the lessons people tell me, like I love having that robust debate with them. I'll still debate people and like play devil's advocate and, you know, cause that's the type of person I am, but I'm much better at like, even allowing those things to happen. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely slowed me down at the beginning. Humility is, is a tricky thing. Eh? I did a yeah. um, I was a, uh, well, still, sometimes I am as well, anyway, for some, especially for some topics anyway, but um, I did a lot of Kyokushin, which is a martial art. And, when, um, and, and that, you, you learn about being humble quite quickly um, when you start martial arts, especially when you're starting at nothing. Um, in terms of your ability. And then you see these people who have been doing it for 15, 20 years. You're like, wow, this is man. But they say um, head high, eyes low, ears open. So so you know what I mean? So like your head's yeah. high, but your eyes are low. It's sort of the humbleness. And then your ears are open because you're always listening um, and, yeah. and, and, and absorbing information from people who, who who know things that you don't actually know. So it's interesting yeah, to it. know that. <laughs> um, what sort of advice... Like I might dig into that a little bit because I there's a lot of people who get advice or ask for advice from the wrong people. Mm, like, mm-hmm. like, if, like, and I've said this before. Like, if I've got an idea for this a tech company and I go to my dad who's in his seventies and go, "Hey, dad, you should check this out. I'm going to set up this NFT. It's going to mm. be this new platform." He would like, he think I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Um. So I, I suppose, what would your suggestion be to someone out there who's looking to get some advice on something? Yeah. 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 No. Absolutely. So. My, my, I always have this thing with people like, and even when people ask me for advice, I'm like, I, I always preface it and then end it with like, don't think what I just told you is right. Like just because it worked for me, it's not going to work for you. Like you need to talk to heaps of people and formulate your own opinion from it yourself. And like your dad might be the good person to talk to about some aspect of it. Have you thought of this or what that? But then he's definitely not the person to talk about it if he doesn't know anything about NFTs. But I don't think, um, I sort of think that there are, they're definitely right or wrong people. There are some people who are just like, they're doing, they're giving you advice for the wrong reasons. They're really just trying to sell you into something or they're just, um, they're just plain wrong. But some, but I don't think that they're, I think if you're confident in yourself and enough to know that I'm going to make my own decision, but I need to collect a lot of things. Like you say, keep your ears open and listening to everyone. Um, Mm. As long as you're like, confident enough to know when someone's wrong or their advice isn't quite right for you um, then I would suggest actually speaking to as many people as possible if you've got the time um, and, and, and the resources to do that but just be confident to go that piece of advice is not right for me and I'm going to dismiss all of that and don't let it go like what happens I find is that people get one little person who nags in their head and say, no, you shouldn't do that stupid idea or whatever. And they, all these other people are like, this is good. That's great. But they're like, nah, this one person said it's no, so I'm not going to do it. And it's like, mm. <laughs> like, mate, like just like take it all in, digest it properly, figure it out, do your pros and cons, do your SWAT, whatever you got to do to figure this out for yourself. And then, uh, and then make an informed decision to move on. But don't let like, like to your point about bad advice, like there's, there is heaps of bad advice and there's heaps of people you go to like, you gotta like you shouldn't come to me um you know like there's certain things that i'm not good at in business and so like you don't want to come to me for it help right like you go that's why i have an it guy like there's just things you don't come to me for i'm not the right guy but what i can share with it is like 
how we utilize IT and technology in our business and the things that mm. I ask my IT partner. So just like try frame up the question right to the right person as well. But there's definitely like, there's definitely a lot of bad actors out there in the business world. I, I found that plenty throughout my journey that there's just people out there not doing the right thing by people. Um, and uh, so be careful there. There is some, there are some bad actors. I have definitely seen them and been around them uh, as a small business owner. Um, but my advice is get as much advice but you've got to be confident in knowing how to digest all that advice. Like that's the issue. Like we, we, we hang on to people's words too much as if they're gospel, but just cause I say something doesn't mean I'm right. Like, like I say it to my staff all the time. Like when I'm telling them things, I'm like, okay, I always have to say it after I'm like, but you need to make a decision here. Like you asked mm -hmm. me for my opinion and that's what I gave you. I gave you an opinion. Now you need to figure out your own mind and how to deliver this for the client because that's your job. I've just given you another perspective. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of my viewpoint on it. But yeah, I get I I like I saw your TikTok the other day talking about that. And I do one hundred percent agree with you that like be careful who you get advice from. Like not everyone's the right people, but if you do, make sure you don't just get it from one source. Like get it from heaps. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a common common sort of answer in a, in a way like. If, if you look at I asked this question to quite a few or like 70 people now and in their own way they've they sort of said the same thing like Cassie Roma um she says like get some data get some insights go ask some people she goes go to ask some folk about it and then then you make a decision if you're going to be selling crackers or chips and you want to try and get into the supermarkets go in the cracker and chip aisle and go hey why did you buy that one like yeah. you know like get some data yeah. get some analysis and go talk 100%. to people <laughs> and then so you've got an idea whether or not like if you're if you've got an idea, a business idea, and you want to ideate that or or make it turn it into a reality, actually go and see if there's a market there. Um, yeah, go and see absolutely. if there's actually. I've said this a lot, but um, there's a lot of people who like cold coffee, and there's a lot of people who like hot coffee, and you might think, man, there's a big market in here for lukewarm coffee. <laughs> I don't think there is. You know, yeah, go and, yeah. <laughs> go and go and check whether or not there's actually a market for the for your idea as well. Um, otherwise, yeah. you know, you, you could be an optimist. Um, you can be, you can have a lot of confidence in yourself, but you need to be a realist as well. So you need to see whether or not there's actually a market for your idea, and uh, and that's yeah. why um, asking those people, yeah, um, and being humble enough again, like we've talked about some cool things already, and mm -hmm. being go, oh, well, actually, maybe have, being a bit self aware, go, maybe it's not an option, or maybe there's, you know, you know, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I've, uh, that's been a big lesson I've learned. It's just like swallowing like that humble pie and going, ah, oh, Stan, you're just inventing dumb ideas. Like you're getting distracted from the prize as well. And just, but it was good mm -hmm. to explore it because it satisfies that itch. Like, so I go and ask a bunch of people when I got a bunch of feedback that was not supportive of the idea. And, was, and I just have to be able to go, okay, well, look, it didn't land. So let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So tell me, why did you start Attention Seekers? Sorry to interrupt. I know this is a raid episode, but I just wanted to remind you that in November, up in Auckland on the 8th and 9th, we have an actual small, medium enterprise and entrepreneur festival, the Vodafone Event Centre. Jump onto nzsmefestival.com for all the information or just Google NZSME Festival and we'll be able to find us. Stanley's going to be there taking one of the workshops. We've got 28 workshops, seven awesome headline speakers. Well, love to see you there. Sorry to interrupt you. Back to you, Stanley. Yeah. Um, well, uh, look, 
the reason I went into business and, and, and moved back to New Zealand, actually, because so I used to run hotels for a living and I did that for 15 years across mm -hmm. Australia and UK and things and lived a bit of time in Japan. And um, I moved back to New Zealand in October 2019 because I decided that I'm sick of making other people rich, essentially. Like I made all these other hotels. Like I was the guy who people sent into hotels to fix the hotels. Like there was something wrong with them. My job was to go and clean up shop fix the place and i was really good at it and i made a lot of people a lot of money and then um, but it's, it's a real thankless sort of place and so you know it's always never enough right like hey i made you an extra million dollars last year okay cool next year make us two million dollars yeah, yeah. Right. yeah yeah, yeah wow. exactly Thanks. and so <laughs> i realized that that's going to be my life forever and is that what i want like do i want to just do that and, and then i thought if i'm why don't I'm young enough to give this a crack and go into this and like try business for myself. But I didn't know what value I had to the world. Like I actually didn't know what I could help people with. Mm. And so I decided what I'll do is I'll move back to New Zealand. My partner and I had enough running costs to keep us going to not earn money for two years. Like we had good jobs and stuff. We had good savings behind us. And so we said, let's just go into New Zealand, go live with family and, you know, take a like slow down a bit and just meet people and see where the market is. And mm. so I moved back to New Zealand. I realized that to do that, I needed to build up a bit of a personal brand and a presence. And, and I wanted to speak to business people. So I chose LinkedIn as my platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just started connecting with people and messaging them and be like, hey, you want to grab coffee? Like, no agenda. Just I'm just trying to meet some new people. I just moved back after 12 years. I'd love to. And, and um, what I found is that it was really easy to get those conversations with people. And I set myself a metric to have five coffees with people every single day. Oh wow! And try to go to yeah, and try to go to some form of an event um, every evening, and uh, like I probably hit that target like eighty percent of that target for six months straight. Like the only time I really didn't do it was like the week of Christmas to New Year's, right? That sort of period, mm -hmm. uh, and I just went hard, meeting heaps of people, and I was putting out content everywhere and doing stuff. But I wasn't really selling anything at that point. Like I was just, what are we doing? What do people need? Um, and then. It's still, it all started to formulate at the start of 2020 that people were going, man, how are you meeting all these people? Like, I'd love to meet that many people. I need, you know, I need leads or I need contacts. And I was like, oh, I'm using LinkedIn. People were like, isn't that for recruitment? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I was like, and, and I'd used it in hotels. So for me, it was just natural. Um, but for other people, it wasn't. And so when lockdown hit in March, um, my phone started ringing. People started calling me going, Hey, you know that LinkedIn stuff? Like, nah, I actually need you to do this because I can't get out anymore. I can't meet people. Like, I want to figure out what it is that you're doing. And so that's kind of where it all formulated. So I'd, <laughs> I'd sort of built a process for myself to do it for me, not really thinking of it as a business because um, I'm not creative at heart, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hotelier, general manager. At, that's my, I'm, I'm a businessman at heart, not a creative. <laughs> and so I built a team around me of freelancers at the time to help me do my stuff. And I said, yeah, cool. Like, you know, six months in, the lockdown hit. I was thinking, hey, I've got to take some opportunities here because who knows what's going to happen with this pandemic. Um, and then people, yeah, people started to pay me to do what I was doing for myself. Um, and it sort of just exploded from there. Like, it just didn't slow down. Um, mm -hmm. And we refined the product over and over into what we have today, obviously. But um, that's kind of how it birthed. Like, it was just like... Um, I had a need for wanting to do something myself. I'd always had this entrepreneurial sort of spirit. Um, I wanted to get out of the hotel game. I then spent six months learning what the market needed from me or where I could add some value. And then there was a fortunate series of events for me, maybe not the rest of the world, but lockdown hit. And there was a need for like, like personal 
representation online because people can get to networking events and stuff like that. So the B2B world had to be like, okay, we need to adapt and figure out how to do this. And so a bunch of things came together um, to build it. And then the, the name Attention Seeker um, was a bit of a joke, really, because that's not who I was. Like, I never mm. was really big on social media um, as a GM. Like, I was pretty, I'm a pretty shy, introverted person, naturally, like most People don't think that because I'm bloody everywhere. But um, so it was a bit of a piss take, like, like why don't we call ourselves attention seeker? We had a few names to choose from, but that one won out. Um, as in, I'm not that. Like, it was the antithesis of who I actually was. But it's what I needed to become if I wanted this business to be successful. Mm. Yeah. Might dig into your introverted sort of personality because I'm definitely an introvert, 100%. Yep. But if I've got a task to do, I'm extrovert. Like, you know what I mean? So, like for a podcast, yep. this is cool. Like I'll, I'll chat to yep. anyone for, for for hours, no problem. Yep. If we were at a, a networking function and I had no agenda, man, I'm I'm a dude in the back having a beard, <laughs> saying nothing to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it, how does it work for you? Yeah. Look, it's real similar. Like so, things like this. Like so, I can. You know, I worked in hospitality for so long that, it, like, mm -hmm. you know, like the 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 front of house is a stage. You 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 go out and you perform. You put a smile on your face, and you had to do it. And like, I purposely went into hospitality during university to learn how to do that because I was a shy Pacifica kid, right? Like, I was just a typical shy island boy, and um, I thought I can't be like this forever. Like, I need to be able to talk to people um, that aren't just my friends. So I went into hospitality originally to do that, and so hospitality taught me how to act, like as in how to put a face on when I needed to. Um, but so I've always been okay with that. But where, what it did, my introvert side comes into play when um, from energy levels, like this will exhaust me. Like, like I said to you, I don't have much on apart from staff stuff after today. So podcasts mm. rip me apart. Like I try mm. to do them as the last thing of the day or like towards mm. the end of the day. I, if I do them at 9am, I'm ruined for the whole day. Wow. They're like, they're like a real energy sucker of me. I, I love them. Like, I love this conversations that you get to have. Mm -hmm. But from an energy level perspective, it really takes a lot out of me. And same with all the things like networking events and like all that sort of stuff. Um, what I realized, though, is that we often take this introvert label and we use it as like a thing to stop us from doing stuff. Yeah, like a cloak. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're like, no, nah, I can't do that. I'm introvert. It's not where I like to be. And it's like, well, I am. I am like really heavily linked like any of those tests that you do on introvert i'm like always like way to the introvert scale um and but what i've taught myself over the three years is that like it is actually just a skill that you can learn and like um by doing lots of like those coffees those five coffees a day i was doing at the beginning i still do that now pretty much mm. they used to exhaust the hell out of me like i used to get so tired at the end of the day these days, like it's still exhausting, but like I've learned the muscles, like I've trained the muscles to get mm. better at it. And and I and I try to tell that to a lot of introvert people these days is that like, because they, they come up with this, they use it as an excuse to not do the things they need to do. And it's like, if you do enough of it and it's something you really need to do to help your business move forward, your body will adapt. Like you, your brain will adapt, your energy levels will adapt to it um, and you'll figure out a way to, to make it work. And you just find out systems, right? It's like... That's why I always book my calls or meetings with people to 45 minutes. So I have 15 minutes afterwards where I can, I just tune out, put some music on, read, watch a YouTube video, have coffee, something like whatever, right? Just something to move away from wherever I was. Um, podcasts are saying, because I don't do them all day, every day, every week, that they still exhaust me a lot because mm. um, I haven't got the muscle built, right? And um, I've actually got like, 
I think I got six podcasts in the next two weeks because nice. um, <laughs> they're just different people ask me. So it'll be interesting to see how I go after that. But yeah, like, so that's for me, introversion is, is all about my energy levels. Like I am naturally shy, like, and when I come in the morning, like with my team, one of the hard things with my team is that the more I know you, the better that I like you and I'm friends with you, the less, the more introverted I become actually. Um, mm. It's quite interesting. Like, so I feel like I don't need to put on an act with the people that are closest to me. And it's actually not a good thing because my team don't understand that. Like, and it's been a, it's a real learning curve for me that my team need me to be like to put on a show. Um, but I need them to let me be introverted because I'm using that safe space with them to recharge. And this is like real dichotomy of like, they need me to be open and honest and extroverted and be their leader. I need them to be my safety net. Um, mm. So I can keep out doing the sales calls to help grow the business for them and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's quite interesting space as well, introversion. I, um, for me as well, it's like a hard one to manage, but, um, you know, as a leader, I'm the one who has to fold, not the team. So it's just about how do I make sure I can still give them what they, they need, but then still get what I need. Yeah. So Simon Sinek puts it really well. And he, and he says that an introvert wakes up in the morning with like 10 coins, let's say, hmm. and each interaction with someone that they have to not be an introvert takes away a coin. Hmm. And by the end of the day, you've done your five meetings, you've done a podcast, you've done this and you've got no coins if you're done. But an extrovert, they wake up with no coins and they got to go and get their coins. And they go and yeah. get their coins by meeting people, going, hey, I can't, I can't believe I have seen you for ages, that sort of stuff. And then they're, they're, the life of the party, or they appear to be anyway at, at events, and then they mm. they go to go home with their 10 coins, like, yeah, woo, yeah. good day. <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, that's really true, because yeah. after a networking focus for me, I'm like getting ready. Going, yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. You're yeah. going like, whoa, hey man, let's go. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. <laughs> Every, you know, I go to weekly and monthly networking events, and I still, to this day, even going to them for like two, three years now. I um, I'm still like every morning getting up. Like I have one every Friday morning. Every Friday morning, I'm like, oh gosh, can I do this? Do I have the energy for this? Just go spend all those coins at that particular <laughs> event. Um, and so, yeah, so you're right. It's 100 what it is. And and I think what I've learned just over the time that if you do it more often, you just spend less coins at each of these interactions. You know, so you have more mm. left over at the end of it. Um, and you also learn how to deal with like how to get micro recharges. Like I'm not opposed to like three o'clock going upstairs because we live next door to the office and just, I just have a nap. Oh, Turn yeah. everything off. Yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big believer in siestas. I, I wish we'd adapt the siesta lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> like I love a three o'clock nap. Mm. <laughs> Gets me I recharged. Spend, yeah. I spent a bit of time in um, Mexico surfing and I, I, I didn't think the siesta thing was actually a thing, but then it's like three o'clock and we're like, there'd be yeah. people asleep on the floor um, on the ground outside of construction site. And you're like, Wow, yes, there's actual thing. <laughs> so cool. good, man. I, good. I'm all for it. Eh? Like, I, we need to bring that to New Zealand. Like, that's, we should make that a thing for the SME Festival. <laughs> I, you, you, mate, if, if I could be like, well, where's Stanley gone? Oh, I hope you're having a sleep. He's in the sleeping pod. <laughs> it's, oh, clock. it's coins yeah, are gone. Man. So I've got to make it. sure that, oh. that yeah, actually, we'll, we'll roll into that because um, you are yep. going to be at this, this SME Festival, so the Small Business Entrepreneur yeah. Festival. Um, I'll make sure that your um, workshop's going to be in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. When awesome. you've got all your coins. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you. can you uh, um, talk to our audience a little bit about um, uh, what, what you're going to be doing there at one of the workshops? 
Yeah, cool. So, you know, so it's a, it's a workshop on personal branding and um, personal branding, especially in the New Zealand market, is something that um, it doesn't really have a clear definition of what that actually is. It's, it's starting to, but people don't really understand what it is. And actually globally, the concept that we think of with personal branding is still evolving and coming out. So there's a couple old like legacy versions of what uh, personal branding is, which is like um, for career, personal branding for career and how to build your career in that way. And also from a PR perspective, PR agencies have usually been the go-to places for a personal brand or a comms team. And, but what the way we think of it is, is that like everyone needs to now, because there's no gatekeepers left to building brand, like social media allows everyone to do it. Um, and so what we um, try to help people with is understand that firstly, your personal brand is actually more valuable than any company brand you'll ever have. Um, they're, they're super valuable. And we talk, and we use like Elon Musk as the perfect example, right? Like his follower count is astronomically higher than Tesla. And he's the reason Tesla is where it is. So what we're going to do at the workshop is essentially, first of all, break that, make, make people realize that actually it is something that I need, that I do have a personal brand that I am worth it, I guess, is, is, is always a um, conversation to have. And then just like practical takeaways, like, what are some stuff you can do tomorrow to one, get some content made, but two, actually have people watch and listen and read. Um, and so, you know, like the video that we made and um, to, to promote it with you guys was about the banana trick. And um, the actual banana trick is like a cream pie trick is a thing that we I'd watched once there. You get hit in the face of a cream pie and then you deliver the message, right? And the whole point of that is um, you get people's attention. And once, they, mm -hmm. once they're all looking and watching, you deliver the message you want to deliver. And that's just mm. a simple technique. of That's marketing one at one, right? And so how can we do that in our writing and in our videos um, to ensure that when you're creating content, people actually seen it really well. So tell people, so the workshops to get you to go, okay, I am worth investing my time and money into my personal brand. Um, and here's some things I can do straight away to actually start telling my story in the right way that people actually um, be interested in listening to because one thing we always find is that people are like oh, I'm just not that interesting like I haven't really got a story to tell and mm -hmm. whatever and then we take them through like the hero's journey model as an example and I get and I pull out stuff and I, we pull out their model we, we lay it on top of this framework and then I say it back to them and they're like whoa like you're gonna make a movie out of that and I'm like yeah because it's like storytelling is about structure and and, and mm. models and stuff and that's like the hero's journey model every hollywood movie is based on it you know they just take a story they apply a framework to it or a 3x structure or 5x structure it's different models and once you do that with the story it makes the story compelling for humans to like get behind it and follow along so we just that that workshop's just to help people figure that out and then help them do it themselves moving forward how do you think that the the attention game's changing with the the let's say the evolution or the the rapid growth of TikTok and how or the way that I see TikTok anyway is that it's it's in three second sections where you've got mm. to be the first three seconds is the most important you got you either hook them there or you, they've gone past it gone past you yeah yeah look like, oh sorry go you still finishing oh yeah and I was just I was just gonna say if that I I've sort of used that so what I've learned from TikTok I started TikTok about maybe a month ago um and it's an interesting journey i suppose to try and figure it out not that i'm trying to figure it out but figure out me what i'm going to be on tiktok i suppose not what tiktok is, is doing to me but what i've found from other people is that um that first three seconds is, is really important and so i thought well i'm going to use that format 
for some um, meta ads and some LinkedIn ads as well and see how it works. And boom, it instantly changed. So I feel like people's, um, the way that they're consuming content is 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 this similar to what TikTok is. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, 100%. Like, and, and I think that in a world that we live in today, content um, is, there's so much content out there to consume <laughs> and we all know that there is. And so um, if you're not hooking people in at the start, then of course you're not going to get it because they've got other and better things to do. They're just better people out there who are going to do it. And if you're not mm. doing it, you've got to left, be left behind. But also um, I think of it, the way we think of it internally is that respect the audience's time. Like mm. it's not, like we shouldn't be wasting their time to get to our point or whatever it is. Like we should be telling them, hey, this is what we're about to talk about. If you're interested, stick along. If you're not, move on because that's mm. fine. We have an audience, find your audience. So we we think that like in the first three seconds, it's like hook, um, hook them in. The next three seconds is like, or three to six seconds is like, this is what you're about to hear. If you want to stay around, stay. If you don't, go. And that's okay. Mm. But respect people's time because they mm. like they don't have a lot of it and they need to watch the content that's meaningful to them and so that's kind of how we think of it internally just like respect the audience so mm. um i think that the way content's changing or the way we're trying or the way attention seeker is moving forward with the way we produce content rightly or wrongly is that one it should 100 be um super interesting at the beginning the first three seconds the first line of a text like whatever it might be the picture what pictures you put up is that picture interesting enough for people to take a second look um is it scroll stopping as we say like as you're flicking through is it's going to stop people from scrolling that's important no matter your message and then the second part of that start of the video is make sure they know 100 what the rest of this video is going to be about so that they don't get to the end and be like, oh, that was a waste. That wasn't what I was. Like, you know, there's all those TikToks that like drag you all the way for a minute, 20 minutes. <laughs> you get to the end and you're like, oh, mate, come on. There's nothing there. Like, and, then, yeah. and we don't want to do that. I, I get it that they could get the views and whatever. And I get the I get the concept. But for us. Well, well TikTok um, optimizes them because they're getting the, the, um, the consumer to time. stay on platform more time. And, the, and there's, yeah. there's this. Or there's this sort of I'm not algorithm. It is the algorithm, but there's this um, time, likes, views, shares. Um, this is TikTok anyway, and they each have a different ranking, I suppose, and how yep. TikTok is going to optimize you. So if you get between one and zero, uh, zero and one thousand people, you're going they're going to put you to this amount of audience. You get more than one thousand to ten thousand, you're going to go to a slightly bigger audience. If that audience likes you. Then you go to a ten thousand, a hundred thousand audience, and if you go after that, then you're then you go viral, and yeah, <laughs> it's real. It's an inter It's just so interesting. <laughs> oh, it's such an interesting concept, and like we're definitely in experiment mode at the moment. Like, mm. like, like to the very first question you said, like about um, like data, collecting data, and asking for advice. Right, we're the same. Like we're watching all the people on TikTok who are doing well and what it is. We're listening to all the experts around content creation, and we're trying to do our own data on like what works, what doesn't. I have my philosophy, uh, Joni, who's my TikTok girl. Um, she has her own philosophy. I mean, she's got 450,000 followers on her personal one. Um, so she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah, she knows what she's doing. And so it's been quite an interesting thing between the two of us about like, our, you know, we're, we're, we're 12 years apart in age. Um, so there's a generational thing that's different as well. Um, I'm looking at it from a business perspective. She's looking at it from an art perspective. Mm. But it's really good because we're actually converging on similar ideas of what's needed um, mm. that my original thing was just like 
quantity at all costs to find the gold. And she was like <laughs> quality at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like quality. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Just put yeah. it out. She, and, so, and so that's our two ideas. But what we're actually converging on that, there's somewhere in the middle that like mm. we need to figure out a system that can replicate quality at scale. And I mean, when you say that, of course, like why would yeah. you do anything otherwise? But actually that's that's hard to do. Like it's way oh, easier to say that than actually mm. do it. And so even mm. like we had a we had a viral post that's sitting at like 8.6 million or something now. And one thing I wow. wanted to see is yeah. like, yeah, so like our cat video just blew up. Like it was just crazy what it did. One of my things is like, let's, so I've posted that to Instagram. I got 25,000 views. And then I posted it to YouTube. The first time I got about 4,000 views. And then I did it again two weeks later and I got 45,000 views on YouTube. Mm. And I felt that was real interesting. So next week, Thursday at 1 p.m. or something like that, I can't remember the time. It'll be the same time, same day of the week, three months apart. We're going to post it again on TikTok and on mm. the same account. Just see what happens. Does, was it, is virality the video? Or is it like, you know, like, can you get another 8.6 million views? Like, does it work? Because, you know, 8.6 million views is only a tiny piece of the TikTok audience. So there's still, you know, another 1.5 billion people who haven't seen that particular TikTok. So there's still more people to see it. So anyway, we, we want to test stuff like that, right? Like, is it really, like, what is it that's causing things to go go viral or causing things to get the reactions? Um, but yeah, like in terms of content changing, like it is all moving towards this short form video. Like it is mm. just like written content still will always have a place. It'll never die because I just think humans like love that. Like we love to read. But the short form video, like if you're not doing short form video now, then you're not, you're you're gonna get left behind as a brand, one hundred percent. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and now with the um, the sh um YouTube Shorts I haven't really I've haven't, I've dabbled but haven't really mucked around too much in that Reels, um Facebook we haven't got it yet but it's oh I don't think we have it anyway the, like the fan pages and things like that oh, yeah, do we yeah. have, do we I don't think yeah we've got not the same same sort of style we've just still got the old style of fan pages like the mm. watches the um the old company pages but mm. um you know something that you should definitely try with your stuff is just get repurposed that repurpose tool i've talked about it on my tiktok it's called repurpose.io oh, yeah. um, yep. every single person should be using this tool the guy who made it is genius but you'll you'll use tiktok as your uh, pillar um platform yeah so every single time you put it up a video up <clears> it can take that video and you can use hashtags and stuff to tell it what to do but it will then go, oh, okay, cool. So that video, let's put that on YouTube Shorts. Let's put that on Instagram Reels. Let's put that wherever. Um, if it's got this hashtag, we won't put it to YouTube Shorts because it's not appropriate for that platform. You know you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it can also do stuff like you should check it out for your podcast. It can do auto cuts and, and filtering and sends people mm -hmm. out. Like, it's cool. It's a cool tool. But like for, you, for a lot of people doing short form video and for our clients that do it now, we say to them, like, what's your pillar? Like, well, we tell them what their pillar platform is. So for a lot of our clients, it's actually LinkedIn. Mm. And then we say to them, look, let's use LinkedIn. We'll put all these videos there, but let's just use repurpose to put it to other platforms. We won't actively manage them right now, but let's just let them build in the background, you mm. know, because you don't need it. But what if those videos pop off on TikTok and you get 10 million likes? Like, what, mm. what could you do with that? You know, so, um, yeah, like it's a Gary Vee model, right? Like create one, push it everywhere. Um, and repurpose.io is like just... God, it saved us so much manual admin. Like it's an awesome mm. tool. Yeah. Cool. 
so for those listening out there on audio only um this may have been put out to you visually by repurpose <laughs> now we know but we'll check it down in the show notes anyway and, yeah. and we'll have the link down there to repurpose.io so you can um yeah, it's been a cool chat um so far we talk about TikTok, all sorts of different things um i, I do always have a list of questions um so <laughs> and like i said at the start before we're on here who knows where this one's going to go yeah. but it's cool um because these these are the coolest ones i will go back to one of the questions though is that um what do you think the best form of marketing is <laughs> oh gosh i'm a little biased i think um, when i think like, organic content production is the best um but really, my actual answer is what you're trying to achieve. And I always say that to everyone. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty humble and nowadays in knowing that, like, our strategy for growing brand through content, organic content, isn't always the right thing for people. Um, mm. Sometimes you just need a sales lead engine. And because you've got 40 staff, you've got to supply leads to. You're not going to do that from personal branding the same way that, um, you know, a Facebook marketing ads campaign will work for you. So, and, and I think that's actually really important because, if you don't actually ask yourself what are you trying to achieve and what do you need, you will waste money on marketing straight away. Mm. Like marketing is the biggest black hole for for um, any spend for a business. Like, and I say that to everyone, like, don't start with me. Like, we're really big on like when we're doing our sales processes, going, like, we know we can help you with the strategy, but you need to go away for a day or two and just really think, like, are you ready to commit to this? Because you know, you're about to spend 60, 80 grand in the next 12 months. Like there's faster ways we can blow this money. Like, let's just go on a first-class fight to Vegas and have some fun mm-hmm. because if you don't follow this through properly, you're just blowing money. And so my, my actual advice is, and this is probably a political politician-style advice, is mm. it depends, but mm. it actually does. Like, really understand, like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build brand? Like, are you, um, is that real core? Like, brand super important that you want to have, like, say, like a premium product, right? Premium products, shouldn't just be going for like mass leads, mass inquiries, sell, sell, sell. Premium brands need to need to go for like go for brand at all time. Like look at Ferrari. You know, you're never gonna see a Facebook ad from Ferrari to try buy one of their cars. Like, that's just never gonna no. happen, right? Ferrari is not they're, they're not gonna target me. No. <laughs> no, no, that's not what they're gonna do, right? It's just not <laughs> how they market their business. You know, for a long time, all Ferrari's marketing spend went into Michael Schumacher. That was their mm. only marketing spend they ever did. Just like, he's our brand. That's what we are. We are peak performance. Yeah, let's win that's, races. That's who yeah. we are. That's, let's yeah. win races. We'll prove you mm. on, the, on the track. And so th- that would be stupid for a Facebook marketer to go to them and pitch to them because they're going to be like, no, like that's just not going to work for what we're trying to do. But then someone trying to push beauty products and their 50, 60, 80, $100 purchase price and you know they're a mass market beauty product, of course, that sort of mm. Facebook, Instagram marketing is perfect for you. Your target audience is there. It's the platform's designed to make quick purchases with Instagram shops and things like that. 100%. And it's about, and Instagram is a beauty platform, right? Everything's beautiful on Instagram. So it makes sense. It ties in. As yeah. a B2B and, marketer. Oh, sorry. You're going to go? No, no, no. no. Yep, you keep going. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so as a B2B marketer like ourselves and where we help B2B businesses or professional services or business owners, what we say to them is that like you've built this business on reputation and referrals. That's how lots of small B2B professional service businesses build. Why not just keep doing that, but at scale. So, and that's mm. how we come in. We, we help take that personal brand and scale it. So I'm biased in that approach, but I know that that approach isn't going to work for somebody selling shoes. Like it's just not the right thing. Like personal branding is still good for them. 
but it's not the most effective tool for for Nike to sell, right? Like they don't need Phil Knight to be at the at the head of their campaigns. They need mm-hmm. Jordan, and they need all the you know all the people we aspire to be in terms of their what they align their brand to. So yeah, so like 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 I said, bit of a politician answer. It depends, but I think it's important that a lot of people just jump on the bandwagon of what everyone else is doing. Oh, I see these guys are doing that. It's like, is that really the right approach mm-hmm. for you? Like, and 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 marketers who don't ask that question properly, like. Just need to make sure they are like, because it, it's a bad reputation for yourself as a marketer when you take on people to try help them, and you're just not the right approach. But you're doing it for the cash flow, or whatever. And that's a big mm. humble lesson I had to learn. Like, mm. I did that probably early on, like where I was like, "No, nah, I can help you. It'll work." Is it the best thing for this customer though? Nah. Mm. So now I just have really strong partners where I like, look, hey, I'd love to take you on as a client. I had a developer the other day who I was like, I could 100% help you, but you need to go speak to this guy. Like, he is, the, he's the one. And then I put mm. him in touch with our, our guy who does ads and they're kicking massive goals. And maybe one mm. day he'll come back because he's like, cool, I've satisfied that part. Let's do some more things. Mm. But um, yeah, so uh, I think personally branded content and organic content is something you should always do. Is it the most effective for everyone? No, but I think the people should try to always have a brand play at some point um, because otherwise you're owned by Meta. Meta owns you. You've got to keep paying the money for the ads. Otherwise, you can't get to your customers anymore. You know? so. mm. Yeah. And it's interesting to, for different types of businesses. So our audience, uh, you know, there's, there's, we've got tradies, we've got bakers, we've got mm. um, people in the marketers, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, people just with ideas. Mm. And there's like, for as an example, I was chatting to my mate, good mate of mine. He's a, he's a carpenter. He's got four or five staff, maybe six staff. And he's like, oh, we're going to do a rebrand. Um, what do you think we should do for our marketing? I was like, well, what, what do you want to do? You know, like, <laughs> what do you want? Like, do you want to build, like, if you want, I could get you 100 leads for decks, you know. And yeah. well, right now, everyone wants to, wants to tidy up their deck and fix up their house for summer barbecue. And do you want to do that? Or do you want to build grand designs? Like, what do you yeah. want to do? Yeah. So figure that out and then go and do that, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Um, Getting getting yeah. leads is easy, man. But um, yeah. doing the stuff that you want to do and so that you're actually happy doing it, do that. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. Like getting leads is actually the easiest thing you can do. It's getting mm. the right leads that you want for your business that you're happy to keep on selling mm. to and providing the service for. Because yeah, hundred percent. Like like anyone who's like, oh, I want, I need lots of leads. It's like we can get you there. That's fine. But like, and I've seen it in the past. Like we've gotten people leads for whatever campaign we might have ran when we did a bit more of that sort of stuff and but it wasn't what they really wanted and then they mm. didn't do anything with the leads and then they're like oh the leads suck and it's like well they're not like these are the business owners they fit that you just don't want this sort of work mm. you know you just you know or whatever it might be and so you're not if you're not passionate enough to chase it you're not it doesn't matter how many leads you get you're not going to do anything with them mm. that's yeah. the that's an interesting chat that i've had with quite a few digital marketing organizations agencies where they they have, an, they have a client who comes in and says, I want some new leads from a concrete company or whatever. Like, getting the leads is the easy bit. You've got to close the sale. Um, so you've got to have a sales process to back it up. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to say, oh, you just spent 20 grand of my money. And I go, well, you, you left a million dollars on the table because you didn't follow anyone uh, up. You've got to have a process. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, if you're too busy to get to deal with a, with a lead or an opportunity, um, it's probably you maybe need to have a look yeah. yourself. So yeah, yeah, I say that to people all the time. Like you, 
like the referral thing I was saying before, you build your business on reputation referral when you're a small business and you're starting out. And that's in a lot of businesses, right? That's how you start. Tradies are the same. Like you start, you go out on your own once you've qualified and all that sort of stuff and you have some people who know you. Um, but those that that isn't the, that sale piece, the closing of that deal is a lot easier because you've got trust and brand built with those people because your reputation is known. Um, but when you go into a new lead and someone who's interested in building a new house, you think it's the same as the person who knows you asking you, but it's not. They're two different situations. You haven't built mm. brand trust with that person yet. And so the sale becomes way harder. And when you go there and you're like, oh, they just weren't interested. They're mucking around. It's like, no, they're trying to figure out if they can trust you. Are mm. you the right person? You've already done that with all those people before because you knew them and they know you or they know someone who knows you. And so um, you don't want like, lead, like if you're, if you're wanting leads at that point that are they are always going to be cold, even if they're like, I need to build a house tomorrow. That's still a cold lead if you don't know them. You need to have that sales process, as you said, and figure out this person and try build trust. And it's going to take time. And um, and if you don't respect that, you will never close a deal. Mm. Because people people don't just want to hand over the money, even if it's for a five cent lolly or a five million dollar home. Like, you know, like it's you've got to build some trust with people that this is what it is. If you want to build the grand designs. And I looked out of his truck. <laughs> it's like, you look like a pig hunter. <laughs> He's got carpet on his bonnet. I don't know if you know what that is. And sort of, yeah. It's a thing, you know. I was like, dude, you've got to turn up everything you put out into the world, every single bit of content and your content, your personal look as your content is a yeah. representation of your brand. If you're turning up looking like you've just come out of the forest um, and you're pitching to someone who's... Um, wants you to build a grand design 10 million dollar house sure you've got the capability to do it sure you've got the reputation but do they trust you yeah they, are you showing yeah. up how you're how you're trying to represent your brand um and yeah. then i suppose this is the your workshop mm. is going to be the perfect one for people to go like, actually yeah. i've never thought about that before um yeah. rolling up my red bands and my whole uh, holy socks maybe not be the right thing to do um uh. That's it. And like what I say about that as well is like, like any, your brand can be anything you want. Like if you want to be the pig mm. hunter who builds grand designs, you can do that. But what you have to know is that that's going to take you a long, long time to build the brand. You're going to have to get someone to take a chance on you to let you get it, get it done because you don't fit their perceived idea of what a $5 million home builder is. Mm. And then you're going to have to nail it, completely smash it, and then market the crap out of that so you build some reputation, right? There's there's definitely exceptions for people who don't look the part who can do the thing. Mm. But you have to understand that, like, you're you're fighting an uphill battle here. And that's okay. You can win. But you've got to have the stamina to, out, to last it out, to build mm. that brand. Um, you know, we did the same thing when we started our brand. Like, I didn't want to be – like, I wanted to be who I was. Like, I didn't – like, I swear a lot – at the time, I was wearing T-shirts and I was, you know, I always rock up in my Air Forces and all this sort of stuff. And you know, I was going to meetings at Commercial Bay and all this sort of stuff there. And I was like, look, this is who I am. But I knew that that brand had to, um, it was going to take time. Like I was definitely people who haven't taken me seriously because I rocked up in a certain way and I speak a certain way and I, you know, and I drop f bombs in the middle of conversations and things like that. And um, but I just knew if I want this to be my brand, so I can be who I want to at work. Um, I have to take the time to build that and then get some wins on the board. So people go, okay, he might look a way that I didn't think was the right way, but he delivers and that's all that. And, and then they'll start to trust and then that's okay. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you got to take time. <laughs> build yeah. brand. 
I, I do want to go backwards a, a little bit on that conversation too. That you don't have to turn up in a suit and tie to get the million dollar house. You can wear red bands. You can wear things. That's absolutely fine. And you can do the mahi too. So don't think that you have to do yeah. that. But there is a perception of people's people profile people. So yeah. um, if, especially if it's cold, like if, if it's already, if it's me and it's my friend, he could turn up with his carpet on this one. I don't care because I know he does epic stuff. Yeah. Um, and word of mouth around town is that he's he's a, he's amazing. So um, Mike Hutchison, he says that go go viral in your own town, you know, and then yeah. and then that's the best way to market your business. Be the best in your yeah. city, so other people talk about you. Then you can then you can literally turn up on a on a on a, a BMX bike. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, they just exactly. know that you they just know that you're going to be able to do work. But for those ones that we're you need to not so much impress, but maybe it's a little bit of a flex, but to say, hey, look, we're here. We're professionals. We're here to do the job. You can trust in us. Um, I have the respect to, in you to turn up the way that that I'm going to deliver the, the, the job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. Just like it takes time. Build it. Build your brand. Have the reputation. Slowly build it. And you can turn up however you want. And there's plenty of examples like like you look at Alex Hormozzi on uh, TikTok, he's mm-hmm. blown up in the mm-hmm. last sort of time. I mean, that guy rocks up in cut-off jeans and singlets mm-hmm. and stuff. He's this bodybuilder-looking dude, and I mean, you know, he's got hundred million-dollar businesses and stuff. Um, but he's earned it because he took time. He built the brand. He did the things right. Um, he has the proof to be able to show that actually I can do what I'm going to say I'm going to do. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't happen overnight. Like if you read his book, like he went through some struggles to build it to where it is. Um, he has earned the right to dress whatever way he likes. Um, and have that brand if he couldn't just do that straight away and be okay like you have to understand that if you want to if you want to turn up the pig hunter to build that stuff you can do it just understand like like you said go famous in your town and slowly build it out from there and build a reputation you're not just going to be able to turn up out of the blue cold going no no Gee, bro, I know what I'm doing. Like, people are just not going to take you seriously right like you're just not going to get taken seriously unless you had the proof and trust behind you mm I got some cousins um, who they're they're painters. They they do a good job too, and they turn they turn up. and go, man, <laughs> you guys look like Yolzers from down the road, man. <laughs> like far out. He's like, oh, so I wonder why we're not getting much work. I'm like, dude, because I'm scared of you, and you're my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he's like, oh, I never thought about that before. I was like. Anyway, yeah. oh, they're still doing yeah. the same. They haven't come. That's it. Um, yeah. I thought I might, you, du- you dug into a little bit about um, challenges just before, about um, um, that, that TikTok you were talking about. What's Has there been any challenges that Attention Seeker gone through, or even maybe before that, that you'd be um, happy to share or, or comfortable mm-hmm. to share with our audience and sort of what that may have been and then how you got through it and, and used that to your advantage or, or you keep going back to that thinking about it? Yeah, there's heaps. First of all, heaps of challenges. And I think that like, um, it's naive to say you haven't in business, everyone goes through challenges a lot. Um, it, I think for me, the way I sort of bundle them up is like accepted challenges that we knew we were trying stuff and or we were growing and we were trying to do something that no one had ever done before and things like that. And that's fine. And those challenges, there's heaps of them, right? Like how we produce content, how we what sort of content we're putting out, how we onboard clients, all this sort of stuff heaps of challenges that we learn and we're constantly learning and developing but actually like as a business owner and as someone trying to grow a business from literally zero um, I I underestimated how 
cash flow was going to affect stuff. Like mm. how, like just even like over the last bit when I've been building the studio, right? Like pouring all this money out, but mm. not at the same amount of money coming back. And just like <laughs> what it does to your mental state. Like I'm a, I'm a real glass half full sort of guy. I'm always future thinking and I'm always in growth mode. And in August, like because of the stress and what it was taking, the money that was pouring out of my bank account to pay for this place, like I was thinking, like I started getting into austerity measures. Like I was starting to think, like where should I cut? How should I save and pull back? Um, and but that that's that's the wrong way to think. I've never thought like that. And 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 as I started mm. to think like that, I started to think I was making the wrong. I started making dumb decisions. Like I started to go shit. Like you know, oh, I should cut here or oh, what am I going to do to make sure I can protect what we have and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like, I went away to Brisbane a couple of weeks back for nine days and it was, and I did nothing. And the point of that trip was like just a reset as, as we were finishing the studio and my partner and I, Claire, were just like, we need to get out of this austerity mindset. Like we've mm-hmm. never run the business this way. We need to be in this growth mindset of like the way to get, to get back on track and to get this money back from what we did is the same thing we did to get to this point in the first place. And that's to push hard and grow and talk to as many people as possible and be positive and do the things we need to do for the growth we want to see. Um, and But cash flow, the, the struggle with cash flow and not forecasting that properly and being mindful of it caused all that stress. Mm. And it has done the whole business along the whole business. Like every time my mind gets into negative thinking it's because I'm actually thinking about cash flow, and I just think that like we don't I didn't personally uh really understand the size of the problem that cash flow faces like just because you give someone an invoice and they they have to pay it doesn't mean they're going to pay it when they should like you know customers like yeah yeah I'll pay it next month it's like I can't just pay my staff next month like <laughs> I need to pay them now like you got to pay your invoice for the stuff and cash flow and what that means and then and then the added pressure of like trying to grow you got to spend money right everyone knows that you got to spend money to make money and so we're spending money at the moment to grow but you're spending money that isn't going out faster than you're bringing in and like balancing that cash flow act is just like it's like nothing i've ever done like in hotels you have to do it but just like it's an established business it's mature so Cash flow is a different mm. problem at this stage. It's it's it's. You got a war chest too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you got an owner who owns the hotel. You're just like, hey, mate, we were running low this month. Can you chuck half a mil in the bank account? Yeah, fine. Mm. It needs to happen. Mm. I don't have that. I'm a small business running this mm. out of my own personal wealth, so I don't have the luxury of just going, oh, hey, here's some money and throw it in. And I and I'm trying not to use like I don't want to use debt to to do it to a certain extent, right? Like I know I can, but I don't want to because I want to try and. I want to try and grow this business off the back of the business. Like I want the business to stand on its own two feet. And, but that puts a lot of pressure on. So that challenge is like real. Like it keeps me up at night. I have this whole process now where I have a cash flow forecasting process that I go through. And if I, whenever I'm a little bit stressed about cash flow, I have to go do it to make myself go, no, you're sweet, Stan. Like you're actually good. Here it mm. all is here. Okay. And then I can go to sleep at night. Um, so mm. that, that's like 100% the, the biggest challenge is just like this constant battle with cash flow that I know is going to last until, you know, we're turning over, you know, I don't know, maybe five or $10 million or something like that. Right. Once we're at that sort of level and we've got the war chest to support us, um, yeah. but we're not there yet. Cause we're in the growth mode. Like all the money is going straight out on growth. That's where we're at. You're pushing it all straight back out and we want to grow that at that speed. So yeah, like I think 
if you're getting into business or you're in business and you want to get into growth mode and you want to grow and you're trying to and you see anyone else you're like yeah i want to grow be prepared for this game like this cash flow game is real because if you're not spending it you're probably not going to grow because that's just the way it sort of works these days or you're not growing as fast as you could there's maybe a better way to put it but just be prepared of that challenge and get some real good help get a good accountant get a good mm. system make sure you've got this good support around you to help you through that cash flow cash flow exercises because Oh man, I used to have a full head of hair. Like it's stressful as hell. Like, like uh, it's tough. Yeah. I was doing some research for some content actually the other, the other day. Um, I was like, well, I'm, I was thinking about well-being of people, and so I and, I and I had a chat with Craig Hudson. I've done a did a podcast of him. He's talking at the festival too, and he was talking about XAP, which is the Zero Assistance Program. So I thought I'd just do create some content about that. And I was reading it, and it's got um, if you're a zero customer, you can get. Um, counseling support and i was reading it sure. and at the time i was going through some um just some things as well and so i thought well, actually i'm gonna go through the process because actually i i need i need a little bit of support so i i i went onto the website and ended up going to see a counselor and at the time it was similar to what you were thinking i suppose but it's not so much about cash flow it was more about um risk because what i do is i i i create an, an event in my head and then turn it into reality so so like i do mountain bike races music festivals this and then over i've been thinking about the what ifs what if it doesn't happen what if no one shows up what if this or what is this what ifs too much and and then i was going to bed thinking about it thinking about it, thinking about it and it was it was changing the way i was interactive with my kids and my family i even sent in some a few emails and then i'd reread them and emailed them reply back to them saying hey man um, that email wasn't wasn't supposed to read the way it did. I apologize. And then so I went and saw this counselor. She's a lovely lady. And she said the one thing to me, and I, I don't need to go back. Um, <laughs> and, and it was this. She said, like, it's having those things come into your mind is a good thing. Accept it, but then let it go. So yep. have it come across like clouds coming in and going. Mm -hmm. So accept it because it's a real risk. Don't be delusional with the risk because if you just think things are just going to play out and yeah. you'll be right, you'll be right, you're right. That's that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because it might not happen. But accept the risk or accept whatever it is, understand it, um, and then just let it go because you don't have to keep thinking over over analyzing things that they they may they may not happen. So yeah. the only reason you'll just materialize something in your head that may not happen. Um, mm. Another way is like it's a leaf going down a stream. Like if you're a visual yeah. person, let it yeah. come in and let that. it carry on. Let it, let it go. Um, and yeah. letting it go is, is, is a really hard thing um, mm. for a lot of things, especially if a business owner, when you're, when you're everything, when you're the CFO, the CMO, the COO, you're the CEO, you're the, you're the mum, you're yeah. the dad, you're the father. And yeah. then you've got to employ someone and then you're giving some of your business mm. away to someone else to manage. And, and sometimes the hardest part is actually just letting go and go, okay, you just do it. <laughs> okay, you can do it. <laughs> and yeah. giving them, giving them the, the trust and confidence to actually hit the ground and run with it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Like that leaf one is one I've heard before. Like, you know, and like I'm a real big believer in like professional mental health help as well. Mm. Like mm. I've used it plenty in my life and I've done lots of it. And that was one I was always taught, like mm. the leaf thing, and which is which sort of led me on to figuring out this cash flow forecasting problem that I did because that was my way of letting the leaf flow down the river. Mm. It's like I do the I do the thing, I accept it, it's there. There's a cash flow issue, 
let me know where it's at rather than letting it cycle through my head. And mm. now I can let it go because it is real. It's it, like cash flow is an issue and challenge, mm. but it's, it doesn't mean you shouldn't sleep. Like you need to still sleep so you can get up the next day and to do the mahi that you need to do to get over the cash flow problem. So, um, mm. so I, yeah, I love that analogy of the, the cloud one or the leaf one. It's just so helpful um, as a thing. And I didn't know that about the zero assistance program. So I should look into it. That's cool. That's, and yeah. uh, I know a few business owners who probably should like, who have asked, like, oh, Stan, who do you speak to? But maybe that's the way they could do it. You don't even have to be a zero customer. It's cool. So zero they, offer, they offer some support, even if you're not a customer. So it might be one session with a counselor or something like that. If you're zero, depending on the level of client you are with zero, it depends on the amount of support they give you. But even if you're not, even if you're MYOB or you've got a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. jump onto XAP, um, zero, just X, literally XAP, have a look, have a read, and they link up with this place called Benistar. And they, um, cool. yeah. Everywhere around the country, there's people that you can link up with. Um, That's yeah. awesome, talk, man! What yeah. a cool program. And talk to people too, like like we we said the whole time about the about business issues. If man, if yeah. you've got a cash flow issue, maybe go and have a go and have a coffee with an accountant. Go, hey, what yeah. are you doing this? Thing? Or someone yeah. who's gone through the growth, someone who's been to the situation that you're now. It doesn't even have to be in an agency. It could be like for me, um, I, I talk to people like man. What do you do? <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. this is, you know, just trust the process, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Talk to people. Like, we, we, that's why I was saying that very first question about trying to be too arrogant about I know it, I knew it all. No, mm. man. Like, ask everyone for help. But again, like we said in the second question, like, be able to make your own decision from all that that advice that you get and knowledge and what's best for you in the situation that you have. But uh, yeah, I, um, I'm a big believer in asking for help these days. It's not something I've always been the best at, but mm. <laughs> definitely better at it these days. Might lead into our last couple of questions, and um, and I suppose it's this is good for me anyway in terms of, I um I like I like working in the pressure cooker. I call it um, mm -hmm. for a certain amount of time, but mm -hmm. then I need to go fishing. I need to go surfing. I need to go to, go do something that and that's my recharge, mountain mm -hmm. biking with the kids or whatever it is. What what is that for you? Yeah. Um, my my one's gaming. Hey, I'm a gamer. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. Like I'm like my partner's going to Bali next week for ten days with some girlfriend. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna set the Xbox up and I'm just <laughs> gonna be playing games for ages. Like what I love about it, like I, I play a lot of games where you can just escape. Like you just get out of the world doing something else and your mind doesn't have to think about anything. Like I just mm. But so my mind's like, I'm one of those minds that just doesn't stop. Like it just mm -hmm. is always thinking of the next thing. What are we doing? What are we doing? And I'm going around. And so being able to find activities that I can completely tune out on, um, that's, and gaming's that thing for me. And so like my work computer is like a full on gaming rig. Um, and we've got the Xbox and we've got the switch connected to the TV in the staff room, uh, the staff lounge and stuff like that. Um, gaming's definitely my main thing. And then the second thing is food. Like, mm. you know, I'm an Islander, but I like, <laughs> like feeds everything right like so and my partner claire like we're both ex-hospo um so it's been a big part of us like going out and eating food and trying stuff and like really enjoying the experience of dining and food so mm. uh, those are probably definitely my two things um claire doesn't love it uh when i'm gaming all the time as you can probably imagine but um so when she's around it's probably more food but yeah gaming <laughs> gaming's in there like i could i could sit there all day i mean that was the first thing i want to do as a kid like my whole high school um, even my first year of uni, like all I wanted to do was make video games for a living. And um, so my first year of uni, I was doing software engineering. Mm. And then I had a stupid idea thinking, 
gosh, I should do business because it's the guy who owns EA Sports who makes all the money, not the guy mm -hmm. who gets to decide the games, not the people who do coding. But obviously, in hindsight, that was the dumbest decision because mm -hmm. everyone who graduated in 2008 with a software developing degree, <laughs> like, they're doing all right. They're doing all right now. Yeah. yeah, but now there's, yeah. a, there's a massive amount of um, coders out there that, and not as much demand, I suppose. Um, yeah 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 these mm. days it's not as not as lucrative but um but yeah yeah that, uh, for downtime um i am a like i am a guy who likes to just like escape do nothing like i'm really like i always talk about getting into my nothing box and mm. that's what gaming allows me to do get into my nothing box where my brain shuts down as in it's not trying to solve problems all the time it's just focused on the running around on assassin's creed chopping people up or something like that you know <laughs> it's, it's just that thing like um so yeah that's that's my that's my downtime like i it really helps and if i have a good like good session of gaming like i actually get a better clearer head for business and challenges moving forward mm. Mm. i'm just going to add in one more question now because that what you answered is made me think about the question and we're going for an hour so i'm conscious of time too and your and your and the and your coins um <laughs> the shiny things so yeah. you said your 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 mind doesn't stop similar to mine like i've got a, i have no end of ideas mm. um how do you what's the process for you to act on an idea yeah and yeah. not <laughs> yeah yeah real good question and something that i'm like actively working on yeah. um, as an entrepreneur and business owner at the moment and um to be to be like the, the the straight up answer is clear my partner clear is my way to stop to do yes or no so um every idea i have she knows what it is like my line is oh so i was thinking and she's like all right here's, here's something <laughs> oh, coming. here we go yeah here we go here's the wine she's like and then she'll listen to it she's like yep yeah, look use me as your sounding board and she lets it and then she just goes cool awesome and then we'll just move on with the day she has a second time. She's like, all right, it's coming back again. And that's the third time where she's like, she actually engages in the conversation. And she's like, then she starts to test it. All right, what about this? What about that? What about this? And um, and then if it keeps if it keeps coming back, she starts to go, okay, well, he's actively thinking about this thing. He must have solved some problem around it because he wouldn't have kept it up otherwise. Mm. And uh, so, so Claire is like 100% the person who does that for me. And like, She's not as active in the business front facing as I am, but she's actually probably more important in the business than I am because she keeps us on the straight and narrow. Like she stops us from going, oh, shiny thing. Let's go run over there and play with that thing. Right? And she's like, let's make the studio bigger. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Like that's what I like. Yeah. She's like, that's the thing. She's like, no more. Like, you just need to you need to maximize all the square meterage before you're allowed to do anything else. And I'm like, oh, but I just need this, you know. And so, and and that's it. Like having a good, strong partner. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, a romantic partner like mine. Is just having people in your life that you can like really like test ideas with, but be upfront and honest at the beginning. That hey, look, this is how I process stuff. I am an ideas person. Um, I'm always going to have good ideas and I'm going to sell them with conviction from the first moment. I'm going to be like, this is real good because this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you just need to be like, yeah, cool, man. That's awesome. Well done. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. Come back. Like, that's an awesome idea and just leave it and yeah. don't, don't worry about it. Right. And then I have to be confident in myself to go, I just need to voice stuff. I just need to get off my chest and say it out loud and don't act. And so my team, Alicia, who works for me, my two IC, my ops manager, she um, she's worked for me for 10 years now. So she came over from hotels to work with me and 
she knows she, her and my partner clear the same type of personality and so they both know how to deal with my shit and um <laughs> so alicia just does the same thing she's like uh-huh cool and she'll and then the next week she'll she'll be um like if i say the thing again she'll go oh so you're serious about that one okay cool well, i'll go ahead <laughs> and i'll start formulating all the things that's going to take to implement this into an operation and mm. then the second the third week we come out like oh where you're at she's like oh okay you were real serious i have listed out all the problems that we have to face let's figure out how to solve all those stand before we go any further. So like they're starting to understand that, like, um, wait, let time shut my idea down rather mm. than the fact that it doesn't work or that it's a distraction. Just let time shut it down for them rather than them going, you know, because what Alicia would do back in the hotel days when she's still getting to know how to work with me, I'd tell her, say, hey, we should do this. This would be awesome. And then she'd go full into like ops mode. Like, I'm going to get this done. Like, coordinate all the people. And then next Jesus week, I'm like, sheet. yeah, I'm like, why are you doing that? She's like, because you told me last week. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I was just, nah, don't, don't do that. That's a waste of time. I was, like, what? I was just yeah. riffing. <laughs> yeah. And then she just cracks it going, are you kidding? I just spent 40 hours on that stage late last week. Oh. So now she knows, you know, like, don't do that. So, yeah, like, my, my, my big thing is now is just like, I'm going to have the ideas. That's not going to stop. I'm never going to be able to stop myself from like trying to solve problems all the time. I just have to be okay that people are going to hear me out and they're going to do nothing about it until I'm super serious and I've really developed the ideas out. And then they'll test the waters. Like, okay, we'll do a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Um, so that's that. Now that I've got this business though, and the business is going real well, I have been better at going, like I've got heaps of ideas how to monetize everything we do like this. You know, there's all this stuff going on in my head, and I just have to go. Stan, you're on a real good thing. Your business is growing real fast. Just shut up, sit back, enjoy the ride, and just wait a bit. Like, get over all these cash flow challenges that you're having, and just build the business, and just let it happen. And then, when you've got that, then you can tackle the other stuff. So, like, a lot of internal dialogue, just telling me to just chill, like, like being happy with what I've got and what I've built so far. Because when you take a reflection, you look at it like. We've done crap load in two and a half years, right? Where we got to in this time, you know, it's been, it's a pretty amazing ride to see where we've come from. So I, sh I don't need to go and get the billion dollars tomorrow. Like, like I want to grow to that, but mm. I can be, I got to have some patience. Mm. Could be a marathon, eh? not a sprint. Exactly. Um, mm. Well, I did a podcast last week with the guy, um, his name's Hamish from, he's a, he makes bespoke lures to catch big predator yeah. fish. Yeah, uh, in ACR Lewis, and so he was, he was ten years into his doctorate for architecture and um, town planning, and he decided to shelve that and then go into his his passion, which is <laughs> Lewis. He's yeah. good too, so um, like real good. Then yeah, anyway, um, yeah, awesome. too far. but but what he said is that we, we talked about opportunities, and I, I the analogy I had was about um, this 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 lady was uh, another one, another person I did a podcast with. She was saying like her idea for her business is that she's starting on this island and she's paddling the walker directly to that island there and no opportunity is going to take her off course mm. and his one was more like when you see these opportunities come your way see whether or not it fits in with your values and if, if then if it does yeah okay cool maybe that does work for me um mm. then act on it rather than go oh shiny thing all shiny mm -hmm. thing over there mm -hmm. um and i thought that was really cool so i've actually uh, over the last sort of seven days thought about that a lot as well we're going well actually i got asked to do a couple of events last week and i was like nah i haven't got time to be honest i'm yeah. happy with what i've got at the moment <laughs> um, yeah they just yeah, yeah figure it out if it's actually 
our lines in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. I'm the same. And like, you know, things like I know that if I built an online course, I could sell the shit out of it. I know I could. <laughs> but then I'm like, it doesn't really align with my value. Like I like to give my knowledge away for free. It's not what I want to mm. do. But could I make heaps of money from it? Yeah, of course I can. But mm. it doesn't align. So just let that shiny object go past because it, it, it like you're right, it doesn't align with my values and how I like to utilize and give away my knowledge. So yeah, no, I'm hundred percent I that's I like that analogy. Mm. Yeah. Stay on the same port course. Or maybe go to a couple <laughs> Maybe you go to a couple of islands on the way. It might, they yeah, might yeah. Have good, they might have a good yeah. feed over there, but at least you know, wave, you know. Yeah, at least yeah. wave. Yeah, <laughs> <Chip right. laughs> I love it. Um, cool, man. <laughs> Last question: Who do you think would be a good guest to have on this podcast? Um, I don't actually know if you've had him or not, but I was thinking about this question, and um, there's a kid called James Wallace. Do you know who James Wallace is? No. Um, so he runs a company called Digital Simple, and mm -hmm. this kid is like. Uh, he's the man like he's, oh, yeah. he's he was here today actually and he's 25 four years into his business i think last year they might have turned over four and a half mil or something he's got like 20 staff something now um what i love about him is just like he's like he's young he knows what he does he knows what his team is good at and he sticks at it and he's just like super focused with what he's doing and he's putting the help around him um to to achieve the things that he is um, but yeah, if, if people don't know who he is, he's, he's an awesome guy. He, uh, like, he's got some cool stories. For, for a 25-year-old, like, I mean, he makes me feel uh, old, but like, he is, uh, he knows his stuff. Like, I'm, I'm inspired by his journey so far. Awesome. Yeah. Danny, this has been a rad chat. I do appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, uh, an hour and 11 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Didn't really awesome. ask any of those the questions. <laughs> just threw them on the ground. Didn't really go to them. So I wasn't sure where this one was going, but it's been really fun. I really yeah, do man. appreciate your time. Cool. Oh, awesome, man. No, it's been awesome to jump on, eh? And finally, like, have a proper chat with you because, you know, we're obviously been talking on TikTok and stuff. But, hey, man, thanks for having me on. It's awesome. Awesome. You have an epic afternoon, and um, yep. I'm looking forward to seeing you in real, um, in person at the Smini Festival up in Auckland. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Thanks. Have a good one. See you, mate. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. We really do appreciate your time. It would be so rad and so appreciated if you give this a rating or a follow or star it or share it around, because every day we try and find information that's actually valuable and relevant for you out there. Thank you so much. If you can, be nice to a stranger today for no reason. Adios.